Welcome to the Barrels and Business Podcast. I am your host, Jay Green, and this is the podcast for beach-loving, barrel-chasing business owners. In the next hour or so, I plan to give you as many tangible tips on how you can grow and build your kick-ass team, scale your business, and live the epic life of your dreams. So stay tuned while myself and my guests bring you all of the best. I think it's a super, super important conversation to have right now. Um, with I, was, I had a whole bunch of clients yesterday that were back in their offices for the first time and out hunting for new offices. And it's, it's being a challenge already. Some of the people are like, oh, I can't come in today or I won't be able to, I'll only be able to come on on these days. And everyone's so used to not having to commute or wear pants. And so you really have to switch your mindset and think about what are you going to do to really weaponize your workforce and bring them together so that we can reconnect and take things to the next level as we go back to the new normal, right? But the key thing that I work with uh, people on is when they're really looking at building their kick-ass team, the, I hear a lot of, you know, it's a lot of the team's fault that they're not awesome or they're not kicking t- kicking ass or you know they there's you know where are all the good people I couldn't hire anyone good I've kind of got what I've got no one does as I tell them no one does it as good as me why don't they work as hard as me they're never on time they don't look sharp like I'm sick of I'm sick of telling this person this or that and I'm like hmm I've heard about five or six different people Who's the common denominator in this? Can I just get a quick, guys, quick show of hands? Um, who sort of said, God, I'm sick of telling them to do that? Yeah. I'm sick of having to tell somebody to do something so many times. Yeah. good. It's a really good point, Jay. Yeah. So, unfortunately, the problem is you. <laughs> uh, it, it really is you 99% of the time. You're either hired wrong. You're onboarded wrong. You didn't set them up for success. There's something that you could have done differently. Every now and then someone goes off the rails and, you know, that happens. But what I really would love to challenge you on is taking extreme ownership. So has anyone read uh, Joko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership, or his Dichotomy of Leadership books? Mm, No hands. Okay. Chris has. Chris has. Oh, Chris is driving as well. Thank you, Chris. Um, do, has anyone, does everyone know who SEAL Team 6 is? Getting a few nods. Can I have a hand up and a wave if you don't know who SEAL Team 6 is? Oh, cool. Wow. Okay. Amazing. SEAL Team 6 is the elite level Navy SEALs unit like sent in to capture Bin Laden, etc. Right? They are, it costs, um, I think it costs something like, million to train one SEAL member to be on that team, okay? So, you know, they're they're pretty good, you know. They trusted with the world's safety and things like that. And you can imagine a unit like that needs to have group flow. They need to be able to act really as a team. They need to shed the ego. They need to play to the strengths of the individual. They need to know without words who needs to take the lead at what time and who needs to step back and 
They're just that next level of team, right? Jaco Willink is the guy that leads them and helps deploy them into the situations, has to make the calls on what um, what the mission is, what the mission isn't, whether they pull the pin, whether they abort, where do they, like, can you think about the level of decisions this dude's got to make? He really comes down to the reason why he wrote this book, Extreme Ownership, is he talks about not only how you get um, the respect of your team, but also your ability to reflect and make better decisions moving forward. Like he tells a story in the book where they made a, they, they thought they made a, a pretty big fuck up. Like, you know, there was enemy, there was friendly fire and they lost a man and, you know, it was, it was pretty bad. And you could think going to get fired. You could think the team's going to blame. And it was a whole story around taking ownership of the decision-making and really looking at the learning lessons from it and what can be done for the future. And that being able to put his hand up and just own it saved not only the unit, but his career. But most importantly, it was the learnings from that that made a much bigger mission possible. And if they didn't have that perceived failure and the learnings and the taking out of the ego to own it, they never would have achieved what they needed to achieve the next time round. So the concept of extreme ownership is not around blame. It's not about beating yourself up. It's what I really want you to distill it back to is where can you realize you're at cause, right? And if I went into my big woo-woo spiritual stuff, we are always at cause. I won't go too woo-woo now. We'll stick with the hardcore stuff. But the, we are always at cause. In every situation, there is something, a little tiny thing that we did that impacted the result that we got. Now, whether that's showing up to a team meeting, like with your energy all off, like you've had a mad fight with your partner, you're so pissed off at them, the kids have been a nightmare, you've had no sleep, the traffic's been absolutely fucked, right? And you walk in and you're about to do a pump-up session for your team and you think, you know, I've got my fake smile on, I'm ready to roll. But the energy that's radiating from you is like, fuck off. And depending on how sensitive your team is and how well they read energy, we all know we're, we're good with the woo-woo, like we're all the energy stuff, everyone gets that, right? <laughs> right? The, when you walk in projecting that energy and your people will be able to read the fakeness and that puts them on the back foot as well. There's all those tiny, tiny, tiny micro cues, the nonverbal communication that people pick up, right? They pick it up on Zoom too, right? They hear it in the tone of your voice. Everything is resonance. The moment that you are coming in like that, you can have a knock-on effect and a domino on the outcome you have, right? So in an instance like that, you could take extreme ownership and go, do you know what? I need to step into third space. I need to clear the decks. I need to get myself. I feel like, can you guys see the mist in my face? I wanted to make sure that I was a, I was Zen as F for you guys. So I've got my oil diffuser. It's blown in my face. So I just thought I thought you'd been vaping or something. I've been vaping. Yeah. While Jade's doing that. So Jade, um, I had a client a number of years ago who that, that exact scenario uh, happened to him. And I said to him, you know, it's like walking through mud. If you walk through mud and then you walk into your office and you don't wipe your feet, you're going to carry that stuff across the floor. And so that's yeah. exactly, if you don't change your, your mindset, your frame of mind before you walk in the door, it doesn't matter what fake it till you make it smile you put on your face you're leaving that mud all across the carpet as you walk through your, as you walk yeah. through your business so 100%. you've got that you've got that energy hangover and it it does 
um, affect how you react to situations. Like something that you may have been a bit more calm and responded to, you might react to because you're triggered. Like someone speaks over you in a meeting and it triggers you as a memory of your partner who's just spoke over you all morning when you're trying to have a discussion and then next minute you're triggered and you're up and you're reacting rather than responding. So like even a small thing like that, being able to go, right, what am I going to do to have a third space? How do I clear the decks, manage my energy? Like smelling some oils, doing round three rounds of box breathing just to get yourself settled, like a little bit of mindfulness going, okay, cool. What's happened this morning? Great. No worries. That's not awesome. I'm going to just park that over there. I'm going to deal with that after. What's the outcome that I want to have when I walk into this meeting? What's the feeling and the energy that I want to project to these people? Okay. Going to get myself in that zone. Might have to listen to some rage against the machine in the car and pump myself up to get rid of the anger before I get in there. Or I might need to listen to Zen stuff. I might need to listen to an audio book to get me into the the zone of being an, uh, a conscious leader. Having a tool belt that helps you change state is super, super powerful. So that was just an example. But the whole thing I want you to do, and let's just let's just enter the chat. Think about where can you take some ownership? Where can you realize that you may have been at cause in positive and negative, the results of your team? So if you're not like definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. If you've been telling a person the same fucking thing all the time and they're still not doing it, that's your fault. Do you know why? Because communication, the responsibility lands on the person who is speaking, not on the person who is receiving. It is your job to meet them where they're at. They may not be an audible learner and maybe you're going blah, 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 blah at them and their ADD is hell and their brains flitted off somewhere else and all they heard was blah, didn't get the blah, 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 right? Maybe they need to see things written down. Maybe they're a type of person that needs to have something walked through and shown to them or explained and then them demonstrate it back. You need to think about where can you meet them where they're at. If you're not getting the outcome you want, you've got to figure out what else you can do. Doing the same thing over and over again is not going to work. Same thing works with little mini humans, those little mini humans. We like to think that they're the, the, uh, the outline of ourselves and our little minis. Um, but unfortunately, or fortunately, they have their own personalities and own learning styles and you've got to meet them where they're at too. Okay, 100%. My daughter said to me the other day, oh, I've told Archer 10 times. And I said, well, you wasted the last seven. I mean, the mm. reality is that if you, and, and, and your team are the same. If they haven't picked it up by the third time, um, just, you know, if you're just going to keep repeating it, just go out, find a concrete wall and just bash your forehead against it because it's the same outcome. Exactly. exactly. Uh, right. Now, what do you want to, what, what would you like them to throw in the chat box? So I want into the chat. I want you yep. to just think about a situation where you could take some ownership. Maybe the result isn't, you're not getting the result. Where are you at cause? What could you have done differently? Is it uh, a way you've communicated? Have you not thought about what their learning style is or the thinking dynamic? Have you not onboarded them correctly? Did you just throw a training manual of words at them and hope for the best? What's something that you think right now you could have done better with your team or that you could do differently? Yeah. So guys, maybe think back over the last couple of months, uh, what's an engagement that you've had with a team member or a situation or a problem or a relationship issue? Um, and that you think that you could have handled differently. 
So Jade, are you saying that when new people start working with, we can't just give them a link to a Dropbox folder with a training manual in it? That's not good enough. Oh, look, you can, but um, expect them to fail and fall on their faces. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and expect for you to be pulling your hair out and wondering why they're so shit because we we go oh they're so shit I gave them the training why 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 aren't they getting it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right really I'd, I'd love to do an onboarding session for you Mark like the 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 tone actually oh actually this is the opportunity for anyone going back to offices anyone that's got their people coming back in the chance to wipe the slate clean. This is your chance to re-onboard all of your people. Like that. Imagine you make it like their first day all over again. You get to wipe the slate clean. You get to reinvigorate them. You get to reinitiate them and create the culture, your ride or die culture from scratch. It's like a massive like boom reset button. Yeah, perfect opportunity. Jade actually mentioned this to me yesterday and I wrote on my little notes here. Opportunity to wipe the slate. Love it. Yeah, great it, opportunity. It really is, right? And it's an amazing conversation to have with your team and say, hey, we get to hit the reset button and open a conversation with them about, you know, like this, this returning to work thing. What did you love about working from home? What did you miss about being connected to the team? What else can we do to make this awesome and recreate your onboarding experience? So go through each of your individual people and think, where did, I, where did I drop the ball the first time around? Where did I induct them properly? Where did I communicate what our core values were and our virtues are and how we live them? Or even better, if you don't have them, how can you create them? Yeah, perfect. Or, or if there were words on a wall, like those, you know, some, you've made them for marketing and they're like words on a wall and that wall might be your Facebook page or your web page, but they're just, you know, it's a wank. It's not actually how you live, breathe and die and not how you like rule your company. You can slate clean them, start fresh. Yeah, 100%. Jay, it's also an opportunity, like whilst it's an opportunity to start fresh and wipe the slate clean with maybe how you've onboarded people or how you've shared your values. But as as sort of Trevor's made a comment there that, you know, time to sort of, you know, reset my emotions and and bring more positive energy to a session. This is an opportunity to, to reset yourself as well, isn't it? 100%. Like this is a huge, everyone looks for a big moment. You don't need a big moment. Like you don't, but this is a great opportunity with with COVID to, because everyone's kind of, no one wants to go back to the way it was, to be honest. Like there is very, very, very few companies that I know that were running amazing cultures where everyone was connected, where the business owner felt like, oh, I just love my team. They're just so beautiful. They're so flowy. Everyone does everything. I never have to wake up in the morning thinking, oh God, who's going to text me today? or I'm going to have to chase up this person. Like very, very few businesses operate like that. So this is like, it's such a gift to be able to, to utilize this moment in time, right? And you can do it. You can make up moments in time wherever you want. There's there's another amazing book called Power, The Power of Moments. Just next week can be the moment in time. Next yeah. month can be the moment in time. Yeah. So because if you're in Queensland or uh, in NZ and you haven't been in lockdown, um, you don't have to wait for the next lockdown and then for it to finish to do this. Um, you can just make it, you know, next Monday. Next yeah. Monday is is the start day, uh, the 1st yeah. of November. Whatever you want to do, you can just make it uh, the next day and make it sort of a um, an artificial moment in time. Yeah. Um, the power of moments is so so huge, right? 
And so this is, again, I want to go back to where you're at cause and think about where have you created moments of connection, moments of magic for your people, for them to really get inspired by, right? There's, um, if you think about how most people's first day went, you know, you might have been rushed, bring them on board, you threw them a training manual, they might have had a desk, but the computer wasn't connected, you had still five other meetings to do and you're trying to fit them in. They kind of felt like the third wheel from the, mo- from the get-go, like it wasn't like a lasting memory, right? If we want to, if we really want to get our people connected to our purpose, our mission, where we're going, working as hard as we do, right? We've got to give them these moments where they're like, oh, my God, this, this is a memory I'll cherish. This is the line in the sand. This is like, this is, this is why I chose this place, right? Yeah, and you can do that at any time. You can just tell your team, I've made a decision. I did this amazing session last Friday and I've gone, fuck, I dropped the ball on you guys. I just dropped the ball. You know, I got busy being a business owner and I was caught up in my own world but I want to hit the reset. Let's do it. Can you imagine what your people will feel? Imagine how much more buy-in that you'll have from them to help you work towards the business of your dreams. Right? Yeah, nice. And that gets back to what you were saying too before, Jade, that, you know, it's actually, it's not them, it's you. But, you know, I often hear people say, oh, I wish people would buy in more. But the reality is you've got to generate that opportunity you've got to create that environment that Mm. gets them to want to buy in haven't you yeah so i want you to think about this actually into the chat box into the chat box what is the most precious resource any human has time yep we've got some interesting ones health listening time empathy yeah that's gorgeous. Yeah, was- I would have. T- I would have typed Caroline, but um, uh, um, you know, we can't all have Caroline. I know. If we think as a, a as a common thing, the most precious thing that we can never get back, we can never buy, is time. And we're asking our employees to give us the biggest chunk of their life. Right? Most of us have how many hours a week, roughly? Do you have your 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 most of your employees work can I have that in the chat box. You're about 20 hours, aren't you, Mark? <laughs> that's because he takes up a business. That's because he's got a business, not a job. Exactly. I'm surprised Brett's here. It's Friday morning, 8 24. Normally, <laughs> normally only works half days on Fridays. The back half. <laughs> 20 hours, 60 hours, 43 hours. Yep. If you actually broke down someone's calendar, the majority of your employees spend the most of their time, like the biggest chunk, with you working, right? In general, as humans, we spend the majority of our time working. So you're asking anyone who works for you or with you to pay you with their most valuable resource that they can never get back, right? You are selling the opportunity. So you need to think, if they're not enrolled, if they're not along your journey, what have you done to sell it? What have you done to convince them? What have you done to serve them? Your employees are your number one customer. And there's a whole lot of studies, and actually it's in that 
in that book as well, the the power of moments. The that if you want a exceptional customer service and you want your people giving exceptional customer service, they are never going to give it if they don't get exceptional employee service. They are a mirror, just like little mini humans. The way they are treated is how they're going to treat others. The Makes waterfall sense. effect, right? Yeah. Someone dumps on them in a sales meeting. Don't expect that not to rain down the chain. Guys, by so, the way, we'll, we'll put those books into the tribe as well. So there's yeah. Extreme Ownership and Power of Moments. We'll throw a link yep. to both of those books up in the tribe for you. So you really want to think about, like I love to reverse engineer the customer experience. Like what do you want the customer to think, feel, do, and behave and, and say when they leave an experience with you? And then I want you to think, do you give that to your team? And if you're not giving that to your team, you cannot expect them to give that to your customers. Right? You are asking them to, they, right now, there is, there's this thing going on called the mass resignation. Because rightly or wrongly, so many people think that, hey, I've been working from home. I've been by myself. There's all these people making money on the internet. I can do that. I can be like, I can sell it. Someone's been telling me about how much money they make just DM people on online or taking photos on Instagram, right? Then those people are wrong. They don't realize how hard business is. But if, if you don't convince them that you're worth staying for, they can leave. And there is a massive war for great talent right now. Every electrician I work with, every plumber I work with, every butcher I work with, every financial planner, mortgage broker, coach, hydraulics engineers, every single one of them cannot get enough great skilled talent. It is an absolute war and it's only going to get worse. So you need to think about what are you doing? What's in it for them? Why the hell should they give you this valuable time? Why the hell should they come to the office and not sit in Zoom wearing their trackies well it's getting a bit warm for trackies now in their uh, in their bikini bottoms and tan their cheeks while working not having to do the commute i don't want to see brett in his bikini bottoms tanning his cheeks in the office please just, <laughs> we just get that out there budgies. now budgies i don't want to see many budgies either right so let's let's just have a think uh into the chat box guys based on what i've just said what is some of the some of the things that you could do better with your team, have you have you really thought about what your company values are or virtues? I like to think of them as virtues. I think values you can't values are a set of beliefs that you can't force upon other people, but a set of virtues by virtue is something you strive towards and as a collective can go to. But what have you really thought about? Do you live them and embody them? How have you communicated to them the ride or die version of it? Have you curated the way that your operation works around it? Do you check your energy actually, not fakely, before you go in to a situation? Have you thought about their learning and thinking dynamics and met them where they're at when you've been trying to train them or onboard them? Have you thought about what's in it for them to work for you? Anyone can get a paycheck anywhere right now. Half, like During COVID, half of them could get more money from the government than what they could go on to work 
or the, or the balance of like don't have to work, lose a couple hundred bucks, go surfing, right? You've really got to like the the ego of I pay them, they should be grateful. You need to grab that shit and throw it out. No one's that like anyone that's half decent is not desperate for a job. Yeah, it's really interesting, Jade. We've got we've got some uh, you know recruiters as a part of Mastermind, and it's just. <laughs> And it's it is they're just in the case where it really is a tough market out there. It's it's a yep. massively tough recruitment market out there at the moment. So yeah, I was talking. So I come from uh, for those of you who don't know, I come from 13 years building headhunting and recruitment firms. Uh, and I used to because life wasn't hard enough doing normal recruitment. I recruited recruiters for recruiters. <laughs> Why? Uh, but I was talking to a couple of my old clients, uh, actually, uh, and one of the guys that I trained up 13 years ago. Um, and he was just like, I said, oh, I've, I've got a project I need some help with. Can you, can you help me? And he's like, oh my God. He's like, it's just like when we were in the GFC. He's like, I've just got, I've got all of these jobs for that. I need these high skilled people and I just can't get the people. Like it's killing me. It's killing me. Joe's made a really good point here. If I could just jump in for a second. Sorry, Jade. No, um, because I've recently uh, recently been away from the business for four to five weeks. I went down for a visit on Monday, realized some work to do with my management team as the floor staff rushed up to me saying they're missing the uplifting, happy energy <sighs> I put across to my complete team every morning that helps to get them through the day. So uh, I, uh, firstly, uh, Joe's been away because he had a, a fight with the chainsaw and lost. <gasps> um, but there's a couple of things there, isn't there? I mean, Joe, mate, well done. Good on you. That's fantastic to see that you've been able to do that and, and uplift the team. So now we need to work out how to get that down to the next level. Yeah. How do you enroll your leadership team in it? What skills do you give them to be able to bring the same energy so that it doesn't rely on you, right? So you you really need to think about, okay, cool. What can I do with the, the leadership team? What's their individual strengths? Who can play what part? What, what um, routines can we put into place? to be able to to curate that what else could you potentially do even yourself from afar like if if you can plug in maybe it's a weekly thing maybe it's just a video like sending a video in the morning to a certain couple of people maybe it's your management team saying hey someone's a bit flat can you just jump on and send them a video message today like think about firstly what can you do to to raise the skill in that space of your leadership team and empower them what can you, what there's, there's things that you can do that you can create in the, in the um, sequence of your days to curate these minute, moments of energy that's not reliant on just a personality type as well. And then where, where can you jump in if something, uh, what's the trigger for you to jump in and, and be the uplift if you need to? Perfect. Perfect. Uh, love to check the emotional thermostat. Align yourself first so you don't sing. Perfect, Trevor. That that alignment is so so powerful. I really suggest creating your energy state change tool belt. Right. So this is like thinking about the different energy states you might need to be in and what tools you're going to go. So I've got like different. I've got different Spotify lists for different occasions. So if I'm speaking and I'm going to be doing um, a whole lot of meditation or a bit more of the woo woo stuff. Um, and soulful stuff. I've got a I've got a playlist that gets really gets me really connected to being grounded. I have a I literally have a blend of 
oils that is grounded. I meditate myself. I don't go and run speed ladders and sprints beforehand because otherwise you end up like this, right? I get, I get myself calm. But then like today, I've got a big day. I'm back to back on these sessions. I needed my energy. So I'm like, awesome. I've got my Tomorrowland vibes. I've got my favorite pump up tracks. I'm going to ride over. I'm going to put the speed ladder down. I'm going to hit it. And then I'm going to speak to a couple of certain people that I know that raise me up. I'm going to get my team going because they raise me up. Cool. Right. No worries. When I need to switch gears, I'm going to have to switch gears from doing two back-to-back speaking sessions into running my team sales and marketing meeting. And so I've got a playlist for that too. I've got this one that I call thinking music and I pop that on. It automatically drops me into a state and I write down my like, okay, what's the outcomes that I want from that meeting? So I've specifically given myself five minutes between the sessions to drop into that state. Yeah, that, that planning beforehand to get yourself into that state is vitally important, isn't it? I think one of the big issues we've got is when we sort of we, we bounce from one session to the next mm-hmm. without just taking the time to go, hang on a second, I'm just going to, it's like, like the guy who didn't wipe his feet at the door, you know, yeah. you carry mud through. Yeah. The third so. space. I really want you to think about how do you create your third space? It's ultimately important as well when going home from work. Say you've had a really um, tense day or frustrating day, right? We all, we've all done it. We come home. We're still in that angry mood. We're kind of intense and we're like, ah. you walk in, your partner's like, oh, what's up with you? And you're like, nothing. And then you, you think you've got your shit together and then they do one thing and you snap at them or you snap at one of your kids and then next minute it's World War Three. You're sleeping on the couch. The kids told you to piss off. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yes, there is a book called The Third Space. Um, so think about what you can do. And, like, it can be as literally like a playlist that you scream out your angry music on your way home to to break it. It could be listening to an audio book. It could be listening to a podcast, but really create that. Like yesterday morning, I woke up absolutely filled with anxiety. Like I had, I woke up super anxious. I was all over the shop. I couldn't seem to um, get myself into gear to do my workout. I just, my brain wouldn't go. And I'm like, what do I need to do? I know what I need to do. I go to my work to twerk playlist. I crank that up and I shake my booty because it's really hard to be moody when you shake your booty. And then, cool, I'm on. I'm out of. I'm out of my funk. But it. But I needed to have that plan in advance. And I tell you, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to dance. I had the shits. I was anxious. I was sad. I was crying. It was like all the shit. And I would like it would take so long to transition out of it, or it carry on if I didn't have that ready to rock and roll. So really think about that and think about how you can create those moments for your team. Think about what, what you do in your office for this. So Mark, let's talk, let's talk about the, the return to workers. Yeah, perfect. Just before we do that, guys, I've put some links up into the chat box. Um, the Third Space uh, by Dr. Adam Fraser. I've read that book. That's a great little book. Um, Extreme Ownership I've read as well, so I really recommend that. Um, but I've just uh, made a note to grab Chip Heath's book, The Power of Moments. So Wait, sure and Eleanor, we... you're doing being Be Extraordinary on Mind Valley. I take it. Uh, I'm a Mind Valley. I'm Australia's Mind Valley certified trainer. I run the seminars on Be Extraordinary. So, oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> so a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about comes from from that. So a couple of other books, and I'm a I'm a bit of a learning junkie. The Code of the <laughs> Extraordinary Mind is the book that uh, that sits before the Be Extraordinary um, Experience. I read that book 
And I absolutely loved what it did, uh, the thinking process and how it awakens humanity and the way Vision talks about the culture he created for Mind Valley, which is one of the, been on the top 10 of the blue list, best places to work for the last 13 years. I read that. I turned to my roommate and said, I'm going to fly to Kuala Lumpur and convince Vision Lakiani to license me in Australia so I can take this stuff to make happier workplaces because people need to know this shit. And he laughed at me. And he said, do you know who Vision is? I said, fuck you, I'm going. Um, <laughs> so I am a Mind Valley certified trainer. There is a book that follows on from that in terms of culture called The Buddha and the Badass, which is how you can apply some of this stuff into your, into your business and your culture. Um, but Eleanor, reach out to me if you want. I've got um, some recordings from the six-phase meditation that I've created specifically uh, for business owners and, the break- and different breakdowns into the um, elements. So I'm always happy to share with anyone that's on that journey. Yes, I will. Thank you so <laughs> much. Um, Perfect. So I've just dropped the Buddha and the Badass into the chat box as well. Awesome. Team. So um, there's a bunch of books there. To look. We'll also put these up on the tribe as well. So if you miss the links in the chat box here, they'll go up on the tribe uh, this yeah. morning. And you can do Buddha and the Badass without having to do the Code of the Extraordinary Mind. It is an extraction from it that's focused specifically into culture. Um, so you can go straight to that. Um, but what I want you to think about right now is let's just let's pop into the chat box. How do you I think think pretend it's the well, it's Monday. It's the first day of the new world. It's the first day of your team coming back to work, whether that be physically or virtually. But what do you what do you want your team to think? feel and say to their partners when they go home at the end of Monday? Nice question. About their day. Nice question. Think, feel, and say to their significant other. Yeah, or their friends or... <clears throat> or their dog. The dog. Think, feel, and say. What do you want them to think, feel, and say? So when someone says, how was your day? How was your day, dear? Yeah. <laughs> That bastard hasn't changed one little bit during all of COVID. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's a shit bite. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so inspired. I want to to do an amazing, I want to do amazing at this job. I can't wait for work tomorrow. Fuck, yeah. You did warn them about my language, didn't you, Mark? Um, Well, I didn't. Um, I didn't, but after you said fuck the first time, I figured I didn't have to, so we just keep rolling. Yeah, so I should okay. I should come with a disclaimer, people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's all good. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be too offended. Uh, we've moved forward. Positive day. I feel valued. Nice point. I also really like Jade what you said when you're talking about company values versus company virtues, because yeah. um, if we if we put it in terms, because I often talk in terms of value, so. Uh, putting in terms of virtues is um, really cool. I like that. Yeah. So ready for another book? Uh, there's an amazing book that I base a lot of my culture stuff around, which is what you do is who you are. Actually, it, it goes really well with extreme ownership, right? What you do is who you are. Now, before I explain that, I want tell me, can anyone just feel free to unmute and yell out, what, what is culture? What does culture mean? What is great question? Great question. Peer pressure. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
Shared, shared values. Can be. It shared can values. Be. Yep. Yeah. Belief systems. Unique way. Unique way. Yeah. So um, we've got belief systems. Belief systems. Yep. Um, where you're, you're, um, A lot of people think culture. A lot of people think of culture. They go, oh, I, like a, a great company culture is like Google because they've got like bean bags and food and ping pong tables and sleep pods, right? That is not what culture is. Culture is what your people do when you're not watching. So I really want you to think about that. Your company culture is what your people do when you're not watching. And what you do is who you are. So who you are is your culture. What you personally do is what sets the tone for your culture. Now, this can be your leaders as well. So I just ran, a, um, I work with a, a group of butchers and we pulled all of the store managers and two ICs out for a day. And to impress upon them, what you do is who you are. So your individual stores is a direct reflection of who you guys are as team leaders and store managers, right? The fish rots from the head down. So you can't pick words on a war, uh, virtues or, or values and say, I stand for integrity. And then three of your staff know that you just lied on a deal to a client. Your integrity value just went in the toilet. <laughs> you know, we're, we respect each other's time and you're the one that's late to every meeting because you're the boss and you're busy. You're more busy and more important to them than them. Guess what? That value is in the toilet. You need to really, 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 really pick. So I work with a lot of business leaders and owners who they're not the face of the business. So when we create this, I go, who is the face of the business to your team? And we build it around there. It's got to be their integration because they're the one that's going to model it and that the people are going to mirror back. So really think about who is the main person your team's going to model and you need to really deconstruct and think about what can they live, breathe, and it's, this is the ride or die virtues that they can adhere to. And the reason, like I said before, virtues over values because Every individual has their own value system. And if you try and tell someone their values, somewhere underneath they'll be like, fuck you, that's not my values. And there's like there's still this underlying belief system. Whereas a virtue is a new construct when you use things. So I don't use vision, mission, values. I use purpose, mission, virtues, and our obsession. Because when you wipe the slate clean and get people out of the in the box thinking of what something means, you can then create something absolutely epic and you get to form their ideas. And, and it's like the blue ocean rather than the bloody red sea. So really think about, okay, well, what are our virtues? What do we want to strive towards as a unit? What are we going to live, breathe, and die by? Like I love one of my, I have a no dickhead policy. That's part of my, uh, one of my virtues, but one of my clients, he sent me a message because he's like, oh my God, we just had this in, we put it in our ad, no dickhead policy. And we just got the best applicant because they're like, that's the number one thing. I'm sick of working with dickheads. <laughs> right. And they, they literally fired one of their team. Like they were like, we don't have someone to replace this guy, but he's a dickhead. And it sent the biggest message to the rest of the team and everyone else in the store stepped up. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really like that, and I love that idea. Um, your culture is is what your people do when you're not when you're not watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll just go on another quick rant on the co- word culture. Can can into the chat box someone spell the someone write the first four letters of culture? I've got a giggle happening. I can see Jeremy giggling. <laughs> yep. Okay. Into the chat box. What are the what are some of the common things like yes there's the infamous bad cults let's not focus on the bad things let's focus on what are some of the key things a cult has going for it why do people join cults great question so yeah shared beliefs yep belonging peer accountability sense of belonging one of the number one things is that they follow the leader because they believe what the leader believes. Yep. Ideology, yes, they have a common goal. But the main thing that makes someone leave their family and join a cult is a sense of belonging and a sense that the people to the left and right of them care about them more than anybody else in their life. They feel seen and heard. They believe they are working to something bigger than themselves. They are, they, so if we look at the seven human needs, they feel like they are contributing. They feel significant. They feel like they're growing. They feel like they have connection. They feel like they know what they're working towards. Well, right? while, we're on, while we're on book straight, I mean, I don't know if you've read Drive by Daniel Pink, but um, in that book, Pink talks a lot about those points, about how they're looking for that sense of belonging, to know that they belong to something that's much bigger than them. Ah, I haven't read that yet. There's a sense of purpose. Yeah, it's called Drive by Daniel Pink. Yep, beautiful. And I've done some of Daniel's other work, but that's that's such a great um, point there. Like the reason why I use, instead of a vision, I use purpose. And when we start our purpose statements, we talk about we exist too. Or we, so with one of my other groups, it's uh, we go to work. Their one is we go to work to have fun, know our shit because beef is our passion, <sighs> right? So you, you want something that there's, is their purpose? What are they striving towards? How do you create that? Not words on a wall, not wanker marketing stuff that goes on a website. Your, your, these things need to be for your people, not for your customers. When you start on the people, it rolls out and everything comes from that. So I want you to think when you're now, like how can you turn your office into a cult-like culture, right? The other thing cults have going for them, they do rituals. They celebrate milestones. They like think think about like what do you think about when you think of a deep south church in America? Kool-Aid. Yes, that's the call. <laughs> singing, celebration. Singing and celebration. Sing and celebrate. Do you, know, do you know why everyone goes to church? Because everyone has FOMO about the epic concert that happens every friggin' Sunday. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, you know, like, you just, you can't, like, I've, as, does anyone know of Agape? Eleanor probably does from um, Michael Beckwith in Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And But Agape is a, an amazing spiritual uh, organization and I got to go to the head office Agape when I was doing my Mind Valley training and like everyone like everyone's in there and it's like oh my god the vibrations and like no one doesn't like 
people feel like they've missed out if they've not gone. They've missed out on their friends. They've had an experience. Those moments I talked about. So what can you do with your office to create powerful moments, to create experience, to create connection, to give them a common set of beliefs, virtues, a common goal that they're working towards. They know what the painted picture of success is. It's something bigger than them. How do you make them feel seen and heard as a human, not as a tool? Too many people, especially virtually, treat their people like their applications. Like I give them work just like I would a nap and I expect them to spit out a result. There's no seeing them as a human being. I think the other thing, Jade, is just to remind you guys, you know, Jade's not suggesting that you have to suddenly take everything you do, pick it up and throw it out the window. Uh, you could just make a small change. So if you think about building your culture, getting that sense of belonging, that sense of purpose, that sense of a higher set of virtues, um, it's just a one step at a time process, Jade, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Just really like you can make out this massive list and just drip feed it. Like one of the things that I started with with my teams was we just start every meeting with an attitude of gratitude. So every meeting starts with, okay, let's start with an attitude of gratitude. What are you grateful for in your personal life, in your work life, and who you are as a human being, not a human doing? Because they feel seen, they feel heard, and gratitude is the number one hack to to positivity, which results in productivity. So it's a happy side effect for everybody, right? And it just reframes people. They connect. When they're sharing these things about themselves, they're connecting. And you see a huge shift just in that little thing. I make sure every Friday night I send a voice message to all of my team telling them how grateful I am, how epic they are as humans, that I'm, I feel so blessed to have them as part of my business. I give shout-outs if there's any specific shout-outs. And that's how we end Friday. What I what, nice. I get a little bit miffed when one of my team beat me to it. Uh, well, like if, I, if I'm a bit late, someone gets in there first and they're like, "Thanks for thank you for being with our team." <laughs> so perfect that they've learned from you. Um, hey, this is epic. It's it's awesome stuff. But I'm also acutely aware of time uh, for you. Yep. So we've got about three minutes, I reckon. Three minutes. No. Well, look, the thing that I just would love to leave everyone with is just to, when you go through today, think about where are you at cause for positive things as well, because you want to turn up the dial. When you realize you're at cause, you've done something that's resulted in something amazing. How do you turn up the dial on it? How do you repeat it? How do you teach someone else in your business to do it? How do you teach one of your leaders to do it so they can turn it up? If it's something that you could have done better, what is the lesson and what is the action step to change it? Don't beat yourself up. Don't wallow. Don't turn to the bottle. Just look at what's the gift. And then think about what do you want people to think, feel, and say at the end of each day working with you, not for you. They get to choose to work with you. And then just start to just little things, little, little steps along the way. Perfect. It is the one percenters that make the difference. Absolutely. Guys, I reckon it would be really good if is if we went, um, pick that exercise of trades. What do you want your team to think, feel, and say? What do you want your, your team to think, feel, and say? Um, and let's come up in the next week with one thing. 
one thing that you're going to do differently? What's one thing you're going to implement differently? And let's motivate everybody else in Mastermind, throw it on the tribe. So we'll put a little post up on the tribe or you throw on the tribe. What's one thing that you're going to do differently to help your team to think, feel and say what you want them to say about the business? Hey, um, Jade, as always, Epic, you're a legend. Thank you. Guys, can we just all unmute for a second? And uh, while we all feel sorry for Jade with that view because it's a bit cloudy. Um, oh, would you like me to turn around? Hold on. Uh, yeah, so that's it. And it's a little right, bit tough. Way. This way. Yeah, yeah. It's feel better. Don't stop it now. Okay. Um, let's thank Jade. Thank you, Jade. Where is she? Jade. Jade. Thank you, 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 Jade. She's uh, at Tweedhead, so not far oh, from you at all. Tweedhead, right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Jade. It was wonderful, Jade. Thank you. You're amazing, thank as you. always. Great energy. Um, quick question for you. If, guys, if I was to ask Jade really nicely, um, who'd like to see, show of hands, who'd like to see Jade come back and have a chat to us again? Yeah, look at that. Perfect. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Um, that's it, mate. We're done. Lovely. Guys, fantastic. Thank you, Jade. You're amazing, <laughs> as always. Uh, guys, have a great week. And uh, what are you doing for all of those in, in Melbourne and Sydney out of lockdown? Have a, have a fantastic weekend. Um, get to really spend time with those who matter most. So hug your family, hug the people that uh, really mean something to you. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jade. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Barrels and Business podcast. If you are ready to build your kick-ass team, you're looking to scale your business, or you just want ways that you can get wet more often, make sure you head on over and connect with us at barrelsandbusiness.com. Actually, while you're at it, why don't you just hit subscribe wherever you are watching and listening to the podcast right now. I'll see you guys on the next episode.